Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Well, we continue in our series entitled Parables Jesus Told, where we're looking at those parables, those pointed stories, those stories that make a point within Luke's gospel. And today we're looking at Luke chapter 15 and verses 11 to 32, where Jesus tells the parable of the crazy loving father. Well, in fact, today we're looking at the second part of that parable. Last week, we looked at the father's relationship with the younger son. And today we're going to focus on the father's relationship with the older son. But just to recap, uh, you will remember that Jesus was eating with a whole bunch, with a whole lot of uh, sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors being the worst of sinners. And eating with someone within that culture was highly significant. It implied that you accepted them. So this was a profound sign of God's acceptance and forgiveness of these undesirable sinners and tax collectors. And there were some religious leaders standing nearby tutting, lifting their noses up at Jesus because they believed they knew better, they knew God better, and they knew that God would not hang out with such undesirables as sinners and tax collectors. And so in response to these tatting religious leaders, Jesus tells the story of this crazy loving father who has two sons. The younger son acts shamefully by firstly asking for his inheritance while his father is still alive. And then secondly, he shamefully spends all his inheritance on wild living rather than helping his father. And then thirdly, he shamefully ends up feeding pigs and even longing to eat the pig's food. All of this is extremely shameful for a Jewish boy living in that ancient Middle Eastern culture. But then we told he comes to his senses and he decides to go back to his father and to beg his father to forgive him. And he's hoping his father would receive him as a hired servant. But while he's still a long way off, his father sees him in the distance. His father runs to him. His father embraces him and kisses him and fully reinstates him as a son. And then the father goes way over the top and he blows the whole entertainment budget for the year and throws this massive party in honor of his son because he simply cannot contain his joy because his son has come home. And wouldn't it be great if that's where the story ended? Everyone celebrating and partying. But unfortunately, the, the older brother who represents the tutting religious leaders, is not there. And he's not at the party. And when he finds out about the party, we read in verse 28 that he became angry and refused to go in. He refused to go in. Now that, we miss the significance there, that was incredibly shameful, shocking behavior within that culture. Within that culture, the eldest son is meant to be co-hosting the party with his father. Custom requires his presence. To refuse to go in 
is to publicly humiliate his father in front of all his guests. It's to bring shame upon his father. Now, there is a break in relationship between the oldest son and the father that is nearly as bad as the break in relationship between the youngest son and the the father at the beginning of the story. The story has come a full circle. The youngest son is now home with his father while the oldest son is lost outside. And within that culture, everyone who was listening to the story would expect the father simply to order his oldest son to come in and join the party. And they would expect the father to punish his son for such shameful behavior. That's how you would restore the father's honor. But we read in verse 28, So his father went out and pleaded with him. What? His father went out and pleaded with him. That, that's crazy. That, that's shocking and shameful behavior by the father within that culture, but it's the loving thing to do. And again, the father shifts the shame from his son onto himself in order to express love and grace to his son. How does the older son respond? Does he respond like the the younger son and say, I'm unworthy to receive this love and grace? No. He complains. And we read in verse 29, but he answered his father, look. He doesn't even address his father with the title father. He just says, look. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders Yet you never gave me a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. And so he's complaining that his father has treated him unfairly, that his father has not given him what he deserves. And then secondly, he complains that his father has also treated his brother unfairly. He's given his brother what his brother does not deserve. And we read in verse 30, But when the son of yours, he doesn't say when my brother, when the son of yours, he denies all relationship, eh? when your son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. You haven't given me what I deserve, and you've given him what he doesn't deserve. It's unfair. Wow. And on one level, he seems to be right. It does seem to be unfair. He he does seem to be badly treated. There does seem to be favoritism here. But when we take a closer look at what he actually says, it's very revealing. It, It reveals that he doesn't see himself as a son, but as a servant. There's a difference between A servant and a son. A servant works in order to get what he deserves. To earn his pay. While a son merely receives undeserved and unmerited 
favor and love from his father simply because he is a son. Yet this older brother seems to deny any relationship with his father or with his brother. He doesn't refer to his father as my father, and he doesn't refer to his brother as my brother. In fact, in verse 29, he actually says, I've been slaving for you. He's got a slave mentality, a servant mentality. And so he's been, he's been obedient, and he's been working hard in order to receive wages. To get what he deserves. And now there's a wage dispute. I mean, that's ridiculous. This isn't how a son behaves. People with a servant mentality often have the following characteristics. Firstly, they're self-righteous. They, they think they're better than other people. He says in verse 29, I have never disobeyed you. Never. Wow, look how good I am. And he looks down at other people. Secondly, they lack self-awareness. They become blinded to their own faults. He says in verse 29, I have never disobeyed you, but he has just publicly humiliated and insulted his father. Oh, oh, he might obey all the rules, tick all the boxes, do all the little things, but there is a major break in relationship between him and his father. They focus on all the little things, but they miss what is really important, our relationship with God. Thirdly, they become martyrs. Poor me. I've been working so hard, yet nobody gives me the recognition I deserve. Poor me. And they have a sense of entitlement. I've been working hard, so I deserve. Where is my goat for my party? And fourthly, they get angry at grace. They simply can't handle it when people receive undeserved favor. They, they resent it. They become jealous of other people's success. And they become judgmental. Do you know anyone like that? Unfortunately, the church can often be full of people with a servant mentality. And the tatting religious leaders who were listening to the story knew that Jesus was referring to them. For they claimed to obey all of God's commands. They claimed to be faultless. And they had a sense of entitlement. They felt they were entitled to God's acceptance because they had earned it. And they became angry and they resented the fact that Jesus was welcoming and eating with these undesirable sinners and tax collectors. They couldn't handle that. Yet they didn't realize that in doing so, they were actually insulting God, which is a far greater sin. So how do we overcome a servant mentality? Well, let's listen to the father's response. He says in verse 31, My son... 
In striking contrast, he uses a title and an affectionate one at that. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So the first way we overcome a servant mentality is to ensure that we have a right understanding of God's grace. The father reminds the older brother that he already has given him everything. He has inherited everything. So it's actually impossible for the father to give him anything more because he's already given him everything. What did the older son do to deserve that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The father merely gives him his inheritance. It's grace. It's unmerited. It's undeserved favor. The father just gives it to him. Yet the older son seems to have forgotten that. And he accuses his father of treating him unfairly, of not giving him what he deserves. And you know what? He's right. His father has not given him what he deserves. The father has given him way more than he deserves. If the father gave him what he deserved, all he would have got was a goat. But he gets everything. And if he has undeservedly received everything, how can he be upset that his younger brother has undeservedly received the fattened calf? The way you overcome a servant mentality is to realize that we have undeservedly received God's acceptance and forgiveness and love. Secondly, we need to treasure our relationship more than our paycheck. The father reminds him what's really important when he says, you are always with me. The most important thing is having a close relationship with our father, having fellowship with our father. Having a close relationship with our father is way more important than the paycheck. This younger brother has been working together with his father, enjoying his father's company. He's been celebrating with his father day after day, which his younger brother has missed out on. But he just seems to forget that. He seems to take it for granted. You see, we don't work for our heavenly father in order to receive a paycheck. We work for our heavenly father because, one, we want to express our gratitude and our thanks for all that God has freely given to us. But secondly, we work for our Heavenly Father merely to enjoy His company, to be with Him, to work with Him. Thirdly, we need to know our Father's heart. We have to have a heart for the lost. In verse 32, the Father says, But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. You see, if this older brother truly understood his father's heart and knew his father's heart, he would have known how his father's heart was broken when his younger brother left. And that would have broken his heart. Then when the, the younger brother came back, he too, like his father, simply wouldn't be able to contain himself. He simply would have to celebrate. 
We had to celebrate. The way to overcome a servant mentality is to have a heart after God's heart. To see people the way God sees them. To love people the way God loves them. And this is how the story ends. With the father inviting this oldest son to come back in and enjoy the party. And we left hanging. We don't actually know how the oldest son responded. And we don't know how the tutting religious leaders responded to Jesus. Did they come back in and enjoy the party? Or did they continue to sulk and remain outside? And the story ends open-ended. And today, Jesus is inviting us to, to, to come back in and enjoy the party. For so often, we, we start off like the younger son. Uh, we, we feel unworthy to receive God's love and acceptance and grace. But as the years go on, we become more and more like the older son. Well, at least that was true for me. When I first became a Christian, I was so overwhelmed with God's love and forgiveness and acceptance. It just inspired me and motivated me. I got excited. I would th throw myself into doing all kinds of things for God to, to express my thanks and gratitude. But as the years went by, I slowly became more and more like the older son. I became less focused on all the things God had done for me. I became more focused on all the things I was doing for God. I became less focused on, on my relationship with God and more focused on what I was doing for God. Oh, I, I started developing like the servant mentality. I was just like the older son. I was in the house. I was in the church, but my heart was not there. Outwardly, I looked like I had a really good relationship with God, a real close relationship with God, but my heart was no longer there. It was all about obeying rules, about doing things for God, about doing things to earn God's acceptance. And I started to become self-righteous and, and, and judgmental. I started becoming judgmental of other people who, who weren't living up to my high levels of devotion. I can remember one day I even became judgmental of the pastor when he didn't come to an early morning prayer meeting. Later that day when I saw him, I said, oh, we missed you this morning. When actually what I was thinking was, where were you this morning? Why weren't you at the meeting? And he said, well, I didn't miss you. I was in bed with my wife. And you see, the, the, the prayer meeting had become a chore for me. It was something I had to do in order to earn God's acceptance. And I became very judgmental of anyone else who wasn't doing what I felt I needed to do. I'd forgotten that I too was a sinner and needed forgiveness. I'd forgotten that I too had rece received undeserved forgiveness and acceptance and love from God. I had forgotten that there was absolutely nothing I could do to make God love me more, and there was absolutely nothing I could do to make God love me less. That God simply loved me because He loved me because He loved me. You see, God's acceptance of you and God's love for you has nothing to do with how good you are. It has everything to do with how good He is. 
And I should be going to the prayer meeting, not because it was a chore, not because it was something I needed to do for God, not because it was something I needed to do to earn God's acceptance. I, I should be going to the prayer meeting because I love God and I want to spend time with Him in prayer. And when I came to that realization, it, it freed me from a sense of entitlement. It, it freed me from the servant mentality, from being self-righteous and judgmental. You see, if you think, I'm a good person, I'm obedient, I never disobey God, God owes me, then you've missed the whole point. There is, is nothing we can do to, to earn God's acceptance because God already accepts us and loves us. What God wants is a relationship with you. God wants to be with you. God wants to celebrate with you. God is in, inviting you to come in and join the party. Do the things that you do for God feel like a burden, a chore? Do you feel resentful that others don't seem to be doing as much as you? Do you feel it's unfair? If you do, then you're probably developing a servant mentality. And I believe that Jesus today is calling you to come in and join the party. And the question is, how are you going to respond? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we confess it's so, e it's so easy for us to get into a servant mentality. Father, we like to feel that we've earned it, we deserve it, and we have rights, and we are entitled. But Father, when we are confronted by your amazing love, when we realize that you just love us because you love us because you love us, there's nothing we've done to deserve it, that you just, oh, you just want a relationship with us. Father, we are overwhelmed. And Father, we... We do confess that even though we sometimes know that in our heads, it doesn't sink down to our hearts and we start doing stuff and we start acting not like the son, but like a servant. And we get self-righteous and we get judgmental. Father, we pray that you would just free us from that right now. That right now, you, by your Holy Spirit, you would just pour your love into our hearts. Let us know, not in our heads, but in our hearts, how much you love us and how your greatest desire is just to have a relationship with us, to be with us. And how you have wonderful plans and purposes for our life. And that when you look at us, you just see potential. And so, Father, please free us from any servant mentality that we might have and let us receive your love afresh. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.